Have you ever heard of the mad caliph of Egypt who is known for being cruel and eccentric? Al-Hakim's disappearance may actually mark the first bad fortune of Friday the 13th. Then there's Joan Risch, who vanished in 1961, leaving behind a trail of blood, a crying baby, and a big mystery. Did she fake her own death, start a new life, or was she abducted? Something else happened? From famous disappearances to the weirdest ones you've never heard before, this Edge of Wonder episode with Ben and Rob collected the surprising stories of strange disappearances in history. Want to hear them all? We'll have them on the show. So we'll see you guys out on the edge. And if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and reviews to help us reach even more people. And also remember to like, follow, subscribe, share. <laughs> I feel like this took, that was the longest that's ever taken you to get through. Uh, maybe. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. This is going to uh, be a, a weird one. This, Yeah, it is yeah. for sure. There's a lot I don't know about Egyptian history to begin with, but um, and, you know, Friday the 13th is a is a is a pretty big rabbit hole. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know about some of these disappearances that we found. Oh, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, including, you know, and I was even working on um, a lot of disappearances episodes recently and even this one with um, with uh, uh, Rish, um, I I I didn't I didn't actually come across like this Joan Rish. This was like uh, this was actually a new one for me. So a lot of information we have on this one. So well, do you want to get into the first one, Rob? Yeah, this um, the Mad Caliph or Nero of Egypt, Al Hakim. So this this guy Al Hakim was a 10th to 11th century ruler of the Fat Fatimid dynasty, I believe that's how you pronounce it. And he was known for his erratic and contradictory leadership. So basically, you know, telltale signs of a narcissist or a psycho right there. He led for 25 years um, from 996 to 1021 AD of his known 36 years of life, during which time he, for instance, established a generous policy to support the poor, only to follow it with some astonishingly harsh or strange edict, such as forbidding, forbidden, uh, excuse me, forbidding women to leave their homes and then forbidding cobblers to make or sell women's footwear. Like... <laughs> That's so random and bizarre. <laughs> he doesn't, he's like, okay, you you women keep wanting to leave your home, or what if I take away your shoes? <laughs> it's, it's take so, that, pesky women. So weird. <laughs> it's like, those are definitely like, you know, it was old times when someone's, you know, someone's forbidding cobblers to make or sell women's footwear. <laughs> so one night in february of 1021 al hakim wrote out of cairo he was never heard from again nor was his body ever found like this mm -hmm. dude is out of his bloody mind 
Okay, so he had ordered the killing of all dogs because their barking annoyed him. <laughs> he banned various veggies and shellfish just because. Just because you can. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like certain vegetables, I guess. Okay, so some think that actually he, he ended up turning to an ascetic life, which that's spelled A-S-C-E-T-I-C, which means, you know, like uh, became a, become a monk or something a like monk, that beggar kind yeah. of thing you know and and he withdrew to the society to journey the countryside alone at age 35 but you know no one knows for sure yeah yeah he he um he had an obsession with suppressing all signs of corruption and immorality in public life and yet still decided to persecute the Christians, Jews, and Sunni Muslims, and he was soon deified by extremists. Yeah. Guys on a just wow. So Hitting what home runs here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me wonder like what he actually believed in. That's what's kind of strange. Yeah, some what's weird, you know, with with these kinds of people too, like you often get uh, people kind of thinking these accusations were some type of like propaganda. Uh, like this guy wasn't that bad, but it was some type of propaganda against him, which, you know, it's sort of like, like if you think of the Romanovs, like there's so much anti Romanov propaganda that he like that he and his family were doing a bad job of ruling. None of it based in reality, but like, because it was the communists that overthrew him, you just get like a lot of wacky history woven in to that entire thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. but it's possible um <laughs> he distributed food and tried to stabilize prices he founded mosques and patronized scholars and poets some accounts say a search for him found only his horse and blood-stained garments so his disappearance remains a mystery. Probably someone murdered him. I, I mean, especially if he was persecuting all those different groups, I mean, it could be even people within his own right. company could have, um, you know, took yeah, part of like, something. Finally, he left the the king, like the you know the palace, and somebody yeah. finds him in the open and just decides to take him out. But you know what's weird is he did vanish on Friday the thirteenth, ten twenty one. That's two hundred and eighty six years before the Templars, as you know, were arrested on that mm -hmm. fateful day of Friday the 13th. Yeah, um, it was February of um, 1021, February, the Friday the 13th. So wait, yeah, when were the when were the Templars? It was in October, October, o October um, 13. But what, when was it? It was like 10. Oh, sorry, no. 12 there or 13. I think it was 1310 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, What's your like, question? When when the uh, Templars were, the date that the Templars were um, were persecuted. I can't remember the actual day. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember the. I mean, well, you mm -hmm. add 286 years to 1021. <laughs> uh, 1307. 1307. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October 13th, 1307. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I thought it was. I thought it was 1310 for some yeah, reason. Yeah, last last our last Friday show was the exact anniversary um on the dot of Wow, the, we should have dressed up in Templar armor. Dude, I and I just found the the knight's costume, man. I, I, we could have done that yeah. actually. You got to get that and just have that, you know. Yeah. 
take it out of your back pocket when we need it. I know. Well, we are from let's see. Wait, Halloween is next Tuesday, so we'll do something for. Halloween. OK, well, these um these disappearances are going to get weirder here, you guys. They <clears throat> I think the Templars were arrested a different year from when Jacques Dumoulin was burned at the stake. That mm. might be what you're thinking of, Rob. Well, that all happened at the same time, though. I don't I, think it was the same year. I was just literally just watching the History Channel about this. It was it all happened. No, he was time. burned in 1314. Yeah, and but it was OK. But on that day, the king basically decided to turn on them because he needed money. And this is, you know, what they tell us. And then he <laughs> just started going after the Templars right after that. I mean, Jacques Dumoulin was like a part of that whole process. Right. Yes. And uh, I mean, and, and, and depending on who you talk to and what source you use, and you know, there's different interpretations of what that is what, true, what happened around that time. But um, you know, we, I mean, we went into a last Friday, our last, uh, yeah, last Friday. So we don't have to go too much into it, but if you want to know more of our thoughts about it, you can watch our last Friday show. So, all right. Um, well, we're going to be moving on because we actually have a lot to talk about here. And the next one is the disappearance of, um, Brian Schaffer, which we, we actually featured this in our, um, in our last um so we we have a halloween series that rob and i did for edge of wonder on rise tv and this was one of the ones that we we uh we featured yes um i was having some issues bringing this up but i finally got it so Hold on. you're pulling you're pulling something up right i'm pulling something up yeah oh, okay so this this was our episode here scary hauntings vanishings and a message in a tombstone so this one like actually uh, hit a little bit home, more home for me because uh, so Brian Schaffer, uh, if you don't know, if you haven't seen our episode yet, uh, he, this happened in Columbus, Ohio in 2006. He was at a, a bar called the Ugly Tuna Saluna <laughs> and a crazy name, but um, he just simply vanished and there is video footage of him uh, walking. So What's weird about this bar, it's on the second story. And so you have to mm -hmm. take an escalator up to get there. And there's only one entrance, though. And it shows him outside around like a little before 2 a.m. And right. he walks in the direction where the doors are. And then he, he goes underneath the camera, the camera's view. And then no, he's never seen ever again. Um, not on any other cameras. No one ever found a body. There was a massive um, search for him. All the entire police force of Columbus, Ohio, pretty much end up looking for this guy. Everyone thought he was going to turn up eventually and um, never did. I feel like John, did John comment on this? I feel like we got some data from John on this, like what actually happened to him. I don't did think you? we did. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know if you he did. You didn't talk about I it yet. He told me then on the telephone. He was like, oh, yeah, that guy, blah, blah, blah. But I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it was weird for me because I was living downtown Columbus, Ohio, right when this happened, actually. So for me, it, but everyone, you know, at the time, 
because this happened like a mile away from where I was living. And at the time, everyone was just like, ah, you know, I mean, everybody was just like, yeah, he'll, he has to show up eventually. Either you're going to find a body or, um, you know, he'll just turn up and then never did. So, um, you know, the police even thought it was like an April fool's joke or something because this happened at the very end yeah, of March. That's right. Yeah. That's and, so um, weird. Yeah. Even like the smiley face killer was brought into it because they thought maybe he was a victim of that, but then there was no evidence to show. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, his friends all took lie detector tests except for one of them. And that, and that became kind of like a, you know, everyone was kind of looking at this guy, one of his friends. Um, and then his father died in a freak accident <laughs> two years later after his disappearance. So there's a lot of weird stuff with this one, but we go into really in great detail about it on our, on this, on this episode that we have. And then of course we have a um, scary Elsa Disney doll that we start out with. And, um, uh, including a real life, uh, almost like an SOS that was found in a toy tombstone. Oh yeah. So it's one of the craziest Halloween stories of all time. Easily. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It really is. So in that documentary that that was featured in, um, letter letters from Masanja. Yeah. Letter from Masanja. Let, letter from Masanja. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Uh, if y'all at home haven't seen that, it's probably one of the best documentaries of all time. I agree. Yeah. And, and it happens. I think what makes it so unique, it actually takes place in real time. So it, it's like you're, it's it, towards the middle of the documentary. It's like all of a sudden it's in real time. And so you're just like on the edge of your seat because you don't know what's going to happen and um it, it's really intense actually it, it, it's something i've never really quite seen before done in this way and the guy who wrote the letter he was a falun gong practitioner and he was in china and he, he was in a prison camp in masanja prison camp which was at the time rated as one of the worst um prison labor camps to be in and he sent a letter out and it was found and he was still in china when they were making this documentary so it's all about him now trying to leave China and trying not to get caught. <laughs> and that's where that's where it gets really intense, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, how did this all, you know, how did this happen this way? This is crazy. So yeah, it was really a it's a really good documentary. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. Mm. For sure. So yeah, the moving on here a little bit <clears throat> to the mysterious disappearance of Joan Rish. Joan Rish. Pronounce that. Yep. So actually, before we get into this, Lindsay, did you want to show a um, trailer here? And then get into it? Let's do it. Yeah, why don't you uh, pull one of those up and um, and we'll we'll go ahead and check that out. And then when we get back, we're going to discuss mysterious the mysterious disappearance of Joan Rish. So Hold on your hats and we'll be right back. Yeah, it's intense. From a haunted doll that won't go away to the mysterious disappearance of a college student. 
from the infamous Stanley Hotel to a message in a tombstone. There's plenty to keep you up at night, so sit back, grab a friend, and huddle up by the campfire because these stories will chill you to the bone. In this episode of Edge of Wonder, join us as we get spookier and peer into the paranormal world. Our world is full of mysteries, unexplained phenomena, metaphysical encounters, and of course, divine miracles that can't be explained. And they might just leave you frozen in fear, like our first mystery on the list, the Haunted Elsa doll. Welcome back. So that series, our whole Halloween, uh, all of our Halloween episodes are on Rise.TV. And if you guys like what what you're seeing here, what we do, mm-hmm. we could really appreciate, uh, we would really appreciate the support. Um, and we've got tons of Halloween content from everything from vampires, the Salem witch trials, if you're interested in that. No one's tracked down all of the information on that. Werewolves, um, gosh, um, Vlad the Impaler, some of the stuff we've got on that is incredible um we've exposed halloween a bunch of times i mean we've got all kinds of things and then just recently we've got those um those cleveland torso murders which were crazy a couple of metaphysical episodes the ohio melon heads in the dudley town dark entry forest which is Mm. totally mysterious and crazy great (laughs) campfire stuff um yeah come on over to rise.tv and support our work it's only 9.99 a month we can use the help and it'll provide you with endless hours of entertainment I promise. Um, but yeah, well, why don't we get over here to this mysterious disappearance of, of Joan. Joan Rich? Yeah. Okay, so this happened exactly 62 years ago today. Today, uh, yes. October 24th. This is what's so weird about it. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Rob? I said this happened exactly 62 yeah. years ago today on today. October 24th, 1961. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, anytime you get New England to be the place of of a of a creepy story, it gets that much creepier because New England is the oldest part of the country. Joan Rish, she lived in a quiet Cape Cod house on a picturesque suburban street um, in the wealthy area of Lincoln, Massachusetts. If you live up in Mass or you know that area, that's a pretty nice area. And it was, uh, of course, it was a quiet afternoon. And Joan's daughter and her son were playing with a neighbor's child right across the street. In the hour and a half or so, when only Joan and uh, her sleeping two-year-old were present in the house, something terrible happened. Exactly what? Nobody knows. But the kitchen was discovered, covered in blood, and the young mother was gone without a trace. Mm-hmm. Now, this is crazy. Like, blood was found uh, in other rooms as well. The strange thing is nobody heard any screams and nobody saw anything that solved the crime at all. A neighbor saw blood uh, leading from the house to the driveway after Joan's child went home and couldn't find her mother. There were several unconfirmed sightings of a bloody woman walking on roads later in the day but these may have may have not been real at all. And um, there are claims 
Joan borrowed library books about murder and disappearances, including one with similarities to her case. Now, the phone was allegedly ripped off the wall. So these are all details of the case here. So yeah. there's a few theories here. Um, yeah, Ben, did you want to kind of go through a few of these? Well, okay. So one is like Jones staged a fake crime scene or was abducted and started a new life somewhere else. Her husband actually believes this. Um, she He also thinks that she could have had experience like amnesia and gotten lost. Um, there are rumors or stories that in the days after her disappearance, a woman made phone calls to the rich home and um, neighbor homes, which could have been Joan and like, you know, in a state of de like delusion and not knowing what she's doing. Um, however, none of these have been like confirmed 100% or anything else. And in fact, like Rob mentioned earlier, that um, there were reports about seeing a bloody woman or just reports seeing uh, a woman walking that looked like Joan. And according to the police that looked into it, they didn't find those credible. And they, it, 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 it didn't, according to the police, it didn't match up to Joan. So the other thing was there could have been a terrible accident at the home and she got confused and, you know, just wandered off or something like that. Like she could have been mowing the lawn and then somehow injured herself. But then again, it doesn't explain why the phone was off the off the wall. So there was a book that that um, that came out by Stephen uh, Hearn, I think his last name is A H E R N, called "A Kitchen Painted in Blood," and um, it's really fascinating what he wrote in here because he wrote a lot of details that the police seemed to overlook. Uh, how like to perfect example, a neighbor spotted an unfamiliar car in their driveway around 325. So this would have been around the time when she disappeared. Right. Um, another neighbor saw a car backing out of the driveway around 340 and it was reported around the same car. So initially, the like according to this guy did the research, um, the, they, the police originally thought that maybe it was an unmarked police car that arrived at the scene. But when when this guy like wrote this book, he was like, no, it didn't make sense because the police car didn't show up until after they were called, which wasn't until after four or so. So this was before the police showed up. Um, he also made an he made an interesting point in the book that that there was a report from the milkman claimed that he saw the same car in their driveway five days. Oh, so this is where that theory comes in that it could have been, you know, a jealous lover or something. That's that's what some people are suggesting. Um, you know, the other aspect was, but the other thing that that he noticed that the other two cars weren't there. So she has a car and her husband has a car. So he said there was a car there, their car weren't wasn't there. I don't know if they have a garage or not, you know. Um uh, the couple witnesses called in about the, the license plates and then believing what, what was the car in question. According to the police, they looked into it. And I, this is it's like this is where things get weird. The police decided that there was no evidence to link the car in question to the crime. They found out it was a stolen car. So there was no connection between the owner and the crime. <laughs> 
Wow. So it's like, that's a very important detail that um, it's like, okay, if the car was stolen, that clearly indicates something. Uh, now, this is all according to, to um, uh, uh, Hearn, who wrote this book. Um, yeah. Now, here's some points that the, the book really actually makes. You know, so as shocking as the blood scene is, uh, I guess experts looked at it and realized that there was only about a half a pint that was spilled. So to put this in perspective, um, sometimes that's I can not, get, That's not that much, but it can spread a lot. It can spread a lot. So like, let's just say someone has a nosebleed. If your nose is, I mean, I've had nosebleeds where I've lost a lot of blood, you know? So it, they're saying that that could be now what, what the author, without like going all the details, what the author really kind of like his summary of the events is basically it looks like somebody that they weren't having an affair, but it was somebody that could have been like, you know, there was especially the 60s. There's a lot of traveling salesmen. You know, it's normal for people to come to the home to try to sell you something or whatever. And he thinks that maybe like somebody made a stop. Or, or saw her at a park and talked to her and kind of like figured out where she lived, went to the home to kind of check things out, found out like, you know, that her husband wasn't going to be home and came back five days later. But here's some really, here's, here's another yeah, really. But this is, this is like, it's a little bit of a stretch because how often do these like multi-level marketing people yeah. get accused of murdering other people. Like they're just there to make a buck. You know what That's I mean? That's true. The other aspect is it looks like he was driving, driving a stolen car. So, <laughs> so, but I mean, he, he could have been posing as some marketing person, but this is the really weird thing. When the police were looking on the scene, they found that the, the, the tel telephone, the phone book was already open to emergency numbers. And this is prior to 911. And they recently moved to Massachusetts, as you were saying. So it's possible that something happened and there was some kind of altercation. She had time to actually open up the phone book. So it wasn't like a it didn't have it didn't seem to happen right away. Her her son was upstairs. He might have went, so he might have like tried to stop her from calling the police. And like rip the phone off the wall mm. and maybe like hit her in the process or something like that and checked on the sun, realized the sun is like a toddler. That's there that could be why there's blood upstairs comes back down and doesn't want to kill her there. And maybe just like takes her in the car, which is why they found blood, um, I, 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 like outside they found blood so i mean that's what I that's think that what you just said is the closest thing to like a linear story of what could have happened that that we've come across yet like yes it because that that those details of the of the book being open the emergency book being open and then the phone being ripped from the wall like those you can progress in a story yeah. almost perfectly, right? I agree. And the other aspect was they found the, the telephone cord wrapped very neatly in the trash can. 
What does that mean? I don't. So, and and the and the trash can was moved from the corner of the kitchen to the center of the kitchen. And as you like, Lindsay pulled up that photo, and it kind of shows the trash can. So it kind of looks like that he might have been trying to clean up the scene, but she might have been with him in or in the car, or you know, because you know, like let's say she's. Let's say she's got the emergency book open, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to call the whatever. She's and says that. And the guy's like, oh, you think you're going to call them? And he rips the phone off of the wall and then slowly while he's talking to her, neatly kind of packages it up and then places it in the trash and be like, what are you going to do now? Right? Like, yeah, that could happen. That that sounds this sounds more logical than anything else and like Lindsay is showing that photo and, and so they're saying it looks like he tried someone tried to clean up the scene because there's um a roll roll of paper towels on the floor and there's some that were like next to the blood but then that's it you know <laughs> they don't, yeah, can they you don't, show that picture again Lindsay See, see the paper towels on the floor, right? And then there's one right next to it. It's either a piece of paper, but it looks like it's 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 like. Can a, you zoom into that trash can? Yeah, the trash can. Keep going. That can looks like a bucket. I don't. That's think this a bucket. Is a trash yeah, can. yeah, yeah. Okay, they're not. It might the be being the used as a can, trash can. Yeah, the trash can is not in this photo. But it okay, looks I like don't. it's being used as a trash can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's an old coffee cup in there. There's a there's a phone here. This is the cord behind the arrow. Well, that oh, is the right. cord. That is the Let cord. Let me see if I can open this in another window. Maybe that is the trash can. View in browser. Cool. Good option. That's yeah. right. Yeah, this is the phone cord. That's the, the, the receiver. Uh, receiver. What's that metal thing in front of it? Is that is that like it, a, it a, looks can like a can of can or something? Yeah, it probably is. But yeah, that you're right. That does look like a phone cord in the trash. So is zoom it, out again? It looks like it, it's somebody who who wasn't really intentionally trying to hurt. Like it, they could have just he could have tried to stop her, accidentally ripped it off the wall and like smashed her face with it or something, you know, an accident or on purpose. But yeah, it does look like there's a lot of blood there, but it's like, you know, if you hit someone's nose, I mean that 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 would easily cause that much blood. Hmm. And my friend actually long time ago, she was freaking out one day. She came home and she saw all these splatters of blood all over her apartment. And she called me freaking out. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. And I go over there and we're trying to like figure out what's going on. And then two weeks later, well, I'm looking at her cat and I noticed her cat had like dried blood on, on its face. And then what happened was she has two cats and they got into a fight and the other cat like scratched her. And then every time she was sneezing and it was like sneezing blood, just like <laughs> kind of on the wall. And it really wasn't that much, but because it was like the nose, it, it looked like there was a lot of blood. So it's like, you know, when you see blood on a scene, it's hard to tell really how much blood it actually is. So darn cats. Yeah. Here's another like, okay, here's another really strange fact, though. The house, the, 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 the land the house is on was purchased by the government and they moved the house. 
What? Yeah. <laughs> I heard him brought, he brought, oh, he wait. brings it up. He brings it up on, on, on the, uh, in the book. He had a husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was he, 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 he died for- later. Um, I think that was, but he was on there? a business trip when this all happened. Yeah. He had just left. Yeah. Oh which, God. which makes, which why people were saying that either she, one, she was having an affair or two, um, the person knew that her husband wasn't there. Hmm. There are so, photos of these people. Well, it happened in the sixties. So that's why it's yeah, kind of, I mean, there's photos be- of her. I don't know about her husband. Yeah, we haven't seen any photos of them. We've just seen mm-hmm. photos of the destroyed. We saw photos of her. Lindsay was showing him at the beginning. Oh, I had the doc pulled up, so I yeah. didn't see it. Maybe, Lindsay, could you pull that up real quick? But yeah, I think, like... Weird case. I think the really weird thing is, is, is how the police responded to this, especially about the car. They even mm-hmm. had the license plate, and they, like, didn't look into it any further. So it makes me wonder if they... Something happened. Like, yeah. Why it, the government buy that property? Yeah, that's the really, really weird thing. This just uh, keeps getting weirder. That was the last piece of information though, when I was looking into it. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? The government bought this? <laughs> and did the kid survived, I assume? Uh, I, 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 yeah, no. I mean, they, they weren't killed or anything. I don't know what happened to them. The kids were across the street, the older ones. They came right. home. Mom's not there, but the walls are red and stuff. They go back mm-hmm. and tell the neighbor mom who comes over, finds the baby crying in the crib upstairs, and there's blood in the house. Jeez. Yeah, and th- and then there was also rumors that the um, the neighbor across the street had something to do with it uh, because from like the book mentions that from her from the view from their house from their window they can they can see a pretty good view of the home but mm. you know it, it it's like I kind of doubt it in that case you know I I, I think that this car whatever it is definitely has something to do with it and for whatever reason the police. I don't know. It is, it's weird. I've been looking at a lot of these weird, either strange disappearances or um, murders that happen. And a lot of the police don't follow the leads that seem to be the most obvious and the ones that, that really show yeah. something that's going on. And I don't know why. I don't know if there's like... Well, I think bureaucracy in a, in... Like, think about it. <clears throat> if somebody at the top is in the know and there's a really capable detective that starts sniffing stuff out, the guy at the top who's trying to protect information from leaking may be like, stop looking into this and look into that. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I'm not yeah. I'm paying you to answer me. And then he gets him to look into something else and no one finds anything. That is a really good point. I mean, because it may not be the police that's incompetent. You're right. You know, if they're being told at the very top, like, hey, I don't want you to look into this anymore. You're going to be on this case. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. And then and then just like that, so many times, detectives who are hot on the trail of something get taken off. They get moved Mm -hmm. to another case. So many things happen. It's crazy. And then they and then eventually these detectives start to see how stuff is organized and they eventually like just get their pension and get out 
or whatever. I mean, I have friends who were detectives in the DIA. They were detectives in the FBI. And they saw so much funny stuff going on that they were like, I can't do this anymore. And they themselves just kind of yeah. like got themselves out. They were doing crazy stuff, too. Like we're talking about like big, big bus stuff, you know? Well, especially if somebody is like like the, our Cleveland Torso murders, you know, it, this is another episode that we just did for the Halloween series. And um. like the main head person who was there, the, the chief um, uh, suspect in the case, you know, it was tied to uh, a congressman. It was like a, you know, his relative was a congressman that was running um, locally. So it was like, it made it hard to do anything. So, you know, this could be another situation where it's like, oh my gosh, this person is actually connected to so-and-so and and there's not much we can do about this because we don't want this person to look bad or whatever, you know? So I think that's the, uh, yeah, it's weird. It really is. Well, if those of you at home thought we were finished, this episode wouldn't be complete, of course, without talking about Hitler. So we're going to go ahead and watch a trailer for the uh, torso murders and get back and talk about the strange disappearance of one Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Who is the mad butcher of Kingsbury Run? The Cleveland torso murders are some of the most gruesome killings that have ever taken place in America. Some believe it was worse than Jack the Ripper's crimes. On September 5th, 1934, this small forsaken neighborhood that probably would have faded away into oblivion etched its name in history. And the weird part is, is that there were very suspicious circumstances revolving around the suspects, which adds even more mystery to these horrible crimes. Little did they know at the time that this would end up becoming the biggest investigation in the Cleveland Police Department's history. this is an edge of wonder halloween special and i promise we'll try to make you laugh through this dark topic all right welcome back so that was the uh cleveland torso murder Mm -hmm. pretty pretty crazy uh (laughs) it definitely is something i never heard about until uh started looking into it. I, I can't believe it out of all the times. I, I mean, I have family in Cleveland and um, never knew about it. <laughs> well, I think things really got real for me in that episode when Elliot Ness showed up. I was like, OK, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that, that whole thing. Like, what a weird guy anyway. Yeah, seriously. But, but I think like. I think a lot of people haven't heard about it because there was at the end of the day, they messed up so much in that uh, investigation that I think that they were trying to wipe it away from history, (laughs) like hoping that people just forgot about this. But anyway, all right, Rob, why don't you, uh, you can lead us off with 
Hitler. Well, well that's so nice of you to <laughs> let me lead this discussion, Ben. Okay, well, you all know this, right? The official story is that Hitler committed suicide in a bunker in 1945 because he knew he had lost the war and he knew what was coming. Um, military historians have an idea. Conspiracy theorists have a totally different idea. Pretty much everyone has questions because there are a lot of contradictory things flying around. Okay, so here's a few interesting things here, right? British historian Hugh Trevor Roper documented the official account of Hitler's death in his book. He was tasked in June of 1945 to document Hitler's last days to prove he'd in fact died in the bunker. I bet you all didn't know that. Okay, well, um, Trevor Roper was a distinguished military historian, but at the time of the assignment, he was only a specialist in British history and didn't speak or read German. He completed <laughs> he he completed his research over just ten days. He relied on summaries of interrogations of people thought to have been in the bunker with Hitler in his that last. Probably days. spoke German. <laughs> it's like no, it's no, like I'm the investigator. I need a translator in yeah. here. The Fuhrer is definitely dead. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so the, the summaries were provided by American intelligence. So just filling you in a little bit more here. So he didn't have access to, <laughs> excuse me. He did not have access to Nazi prisoners being held by the Soviets. And it's unclear if he spoke, uh, to any alleged witness <laughs> or witnesses even. So eyewitness testimony was, uh, contradictory, claiming the death occurred on any of the five days between April 27th and May 1st. Okay, so no one really knows if any of that happened. The causes of death ranged from natural causes, like a heart attack or something or, or hunger or whatever, to poisoning to suicide. Uh, there was a consensus the body was burned, but descriptions of the body and how it was dressed uh, or how it was dressed varied. Okay. So it, even the descriptions of the body and all of that were all different among all of these yeah. people. This is getting weirder and weirder. It is. Trevor Roper constructed the narrative of Hitler's death by combining the various eyewitness accounts and just putting them all into one. <laughs> the allies were interested in promoting Hitler had died, of course not escaped from Berlin. Right. Allies thought Germany would accept the occupation more readily if they thought he was dead and couldn't lead a Nazi resurgence. Okay, the, the Allies wanted to show Hitler died a coward's death. They wanted to erase any chance that the Nazis could advance a repeat of the stabbed-in-the-back explanation that followed Germany's defeat in World War I. Uh, Trevor Roper's task wasn't to determine what happened in Hitler's final final days, but to put together an argument that he died in the bunker. This he did, creating a bestseller in the process. Of course. <clears throat> okay, so really comes down to this. Did he or did he not escape to Argentina? 
Okay, so now many claims say that Hitler escaped to South America, possibly Argentina, with other Nazi leaders, where they created all kinds of weird experiments and created twins in this one town that we mm -hmm. just won't get into right now. Um, oh, yeah, actually, we are going to get into that <laughs> because uh, the Nazi doctor, um, I think his name was Josef Mang Mangala, right? Yes. Yes. Notorious for his experiments on twins in the Auschwitz concentration camp. He yeah. escaped to Argentina where there are these twins that I just described. Mm -hmm. Mengele allegedly made many trips to a small and predominantly German settlement in Brazil on Argentina's border in the 60s. Shortly after the birth rate of twins began to skyrocket. What do you know? <laughs> Today claims that the twin town just has high levels of inbreeding that caused twinning <laughs> factors. But that's not what you That's German inbreeders. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> okay, so however, the high prevalence of blonde hair and blue eyes among the twins could be evidence mm. of Bangla's uh, Aryanizing influence. It was a German village where such features could have been more common. But come on. But, yeah, really? It's like, I'm going to a Spanish community where everyone's going to be blonde and blue eyes. It's like... <laughs> Huh, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, people try to debunk uh, that Nazis escaped to South America today and that Mengele continued his research there. They, they like constantly trying to debunk this. They mm -hmm. say Mengele didn't have the knowledge of gene, genes, twin births, etc. to manipulate the South American population, but he had right. unlimited money and yeah. prisoners in Auschwitz and was a doctor experimenting on twins. So it's likely he did have this knowledge, in fact, right? Mm -hmm. These Nazis were also highly interested in the occult, of course. Uh, yeah. If you don't believe that, you should check out our Relics of Power series, which has all kinds of crazy info about the the real the real life, as far as we can tell, rituals that Hitler himself did to bring this power into himself and all the relics he was after to get that power. But I kind of want to ask, well, we've got a little more to get through. So I do want to hear what you think about this, Ben. But Well, yeah. Well, the other aspect is a few years ago, there was um, some FBI documents that came out. And this is this is why people were, were suggesting that he went to um, Argentina, supposedly in these. And so Snopes is coming across, coming against this like, oh, well, that's because, you know, we can't find any evidence because their names are redacted. And it's like, well, of course, like, <laughs> and so they're like false. And it's like, well, they're, it's like, it's like, of course the names are redacted. That doesn't mean it's false. Right. I mean, that's, what's crazy about it. So there was two German submarines that were recorded to have docked to the shore of Argentina one night in 1945 at around 50 people secretly made their land or their way to the land um, in Argentina, and then buses drove them. So that's what this document actually says. Um, it goes into detail that the the they had the FBI had made a deal made a deal with this unidentified person who's listed in the doc, but his name is redacted. And um, and though so even the CIA looked into this. And so there's there's a, a document on the CIA website. It uh, highlights a former SS soldier who told spies he regularly met with Hitler in Colombia. Now, this is after uh, supposedly he's dead now. And so this is this is the document that was released. And um, 
it sh basically shows timestamps of when he was uh, coming to Columbia and uh, specifically, I mean, according to him, you see Hitler Adolf is there. His name is there on the right. Oh, yeah. On the right up there. Yep. Mm hmm. So this is from 1963. So um, now he also claimed he took a photo. Now, this is from the source. And again, you know, his name is redacted and they just call him a CIA informant. Um, he said he'd taken a photo with Hitler, but it didn't it, they didn't show the photograph. Now, here's what's super fascinating. There are reported photographs of Hitler in Argentina. What's really super fascinating is not whether the, the photos are real or not, but who's in the photo is a guy named Walter and his wife, um, Ida, and they own the hotel, which this is reportedly the hotel, um, the Eden Hotel in Argentina, and who's circled right here is supposed to be Hitler. So there's no doubt in what year this is in, um, I want to say it was in the uh, early sixties, possible late fifties. It looks too much like the Fuhrer from the forties though. It could be. I, I actually, I think they said the date on here, but, or it could be, they may not actually have the dates. Uh, let me see if they, they mention it. I don't think they do though. Because they, I think they just said an undated photo. I'm not seeing a date on these ones. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they are dates. Okay, so, you know, the 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 interesting thing is, um, people have done research and they're like, yeah, it was this hotel. The, these are the two the two owners. The question is, is this Adolf Hitler? Well, it will certainly looks like Adolf. The question is, when was this? This, this could would have been be in the 40s or the yeah. 30s. I mean, it was after World War II. It was well, after World War II. I mean, II. yeah, you can anybody can say that it was after World War II, but it may not have been. He could have gone down there. Like they were scouting Argentina as a place to escape. Everybody knows that already, right? Yeah. So they could have been down there and had all these relationships and even had like their bunkers all planned out. And this was one of the many trips he took down there to kind of like fortify all of that, you know? That's the issue. It's hard to know when that, you know, when that photo was taken. And it doesn't look very different from Hitler when he was sure. at large. Like, you know, usually after a 10 years, you're going to see your hair is graying. You're a little chunkier or whatever it is. And it looks just like him in the 40s, you know, mm -hmm. towards the end of his rule. Argentina is also right near Antarctica. So we know the Nazis were scouting true. out Antarctica. So potentially all of South America was uh, a good place for them to find some sort of backup location. Correct. Yeah. Now, however, what we can figure out is um, the, the, the people in the photograph, you know, you can kind of look at, see like, okay, when, when did they, when did they own this hotel? Right. I haven't looked into that. Um, this article doesn't really talk about it, but, the guy who supposedly um, came out and he wrote a book about Hitler going to Argentina, he believes that Hitler died. I mean, in Argentina, obviously, you know, it's not like he's still alive or anything else. You know, he just believes that he died in Argentina. But when does he think he died? Um, 
he be. thinks he died in in the early 80s but I, I i don't think so either i i do think that i do think it's a it's a very highly plausible thing that he did go to argentina but i think you know he probably he could have died of anything could have died of cancer could have died of something else but okay also I another scenario that could have happened is mm -hmm. that there was some deal that was made and they were like look just just bow out go down to south america go to argentina we'll you can hide there we'll leave you alone we just need to end this war all of this needs to end blah 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 so let's That's, say that that deal was made yeah after a couple of months or a couple of years they're like mm -mm, we need to erase this guy off of the planet this is no longer going to work if people start seeing this guy then they wipe him out after that he gets picked off by it, some it, type of agent it, it, it is possible because it'd be it's like it'd be too <clears throat> think about it once someone is media dead you and i have talked about this before they're never seen again and 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 True. anything is going to get squashed after yeah. so if like people are seeing this guy down there mm -hmm. and eyebrows are getting raised it's going to cause too much commotion and then someone's going to pick him off because it's too it's too much to have it would be too much to have him still alive after all of that yeah i agree yeah hitler i i, I wasn't sure when hitler was born hitler was born in 1889 so you know i mean mm. i mean even if he died in like yeah. Yeah, he was after. and so like think about that. In the 40s, 1889, he was what 50 something. He was in his 50s. So in that photo, if that was in the 60s, he would have been like late 60s early 70s. He does not look late 60s early 70s in that photo. Well, true. He does. But I mean, we don't know when when the when really when um um we don't know when that photo was taken yeah so walter so looking at at, at when the eden hotel in argentina i was kind of looking at that right now um when they took over it uh, it's not oh uh up until 1960 so that photo had to be taken prior to 1960 okay I mean, and she does look pretty old in that photo. So, um, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, it had to be taken and he, he also looks a little older, so it had to be taken some point either at the end of the war or afterwards. And he's just chilling there. So, but I can't imagine them meeting Hitler in a private, in their own hotel during the war. Well, then again, I can't imagine them meeting afterward. <laughs> Although I'm sure he was going by a different name. You know, it's not like he was going around saying like I'm Hitler, you know, if that was really him. But who knows? I'm sure the CIA knows. So, <laughs> All right. I'm sure there's something. I'm sure something went on. I just don't know what. And I don't think he lasted I don't, I don't think, think he lasted that long either. Like I said, I do think he went to Argentina and probably stayed there, but I don't think he lasted. You know, I don't think he died in the eighties. I think he died earlier than that. So there could be multiple things going on. And yeah. I think, I think if you want to find out like what, ha like people get really obsessed with that one particular character, that one figure, but I think actually where to look are really the companies that were built during the time, what mm -hmm. they're, went on and did and then what they're doing now 
I think yeah. there's more interesting stuff with this Joseph Joseph Mengele guy and the twins down in Argentina. That's super bizarre, man. You know, <laughs> they, everybody keeps trying to debunk that, which makes me want to look at it even closer. You know, true. And I don't buy it that the Nazis didn't understand genetics or something. Like these guys were highly advanced. They created jet jet fighters. They were like they were they were trying to create like anti gravity machines. Well, they, they were they were creating all kinds of things, including yeah. the, the Glock, you know, and which is really weird because um, Hitler it's himself is a Mandela effect with his eye his eye color. You know, growing up, I, I always told he had brown eyes. Now all of a sudden he has blue eyes. No, he had brown eyes. Blue now. No, he had brown eyes. I know he did. Was, he wasn't like the Aryans. He had I brown know, eyes. That's what's yeah. crazy. And now all of a sudden he has blue eyes. And I'm that's like, weird. What, what if what if someone actually went back in the past, killed Hitler, but a different Hitler came about? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it's like one of those things that everyone always talks about. And it's like, well, no one did kill Hitler because Hitler lived. I mean, it's like. He, we wouldn't know who Hitler is unless they like switch babies and they're like, oh, we're going to kill this Hitler. And then they're like, well, we'll just name this person Hitler. And then this person raised and it was like a different person, but it was still Hitler. I don't know. Super weird, though. His, his blue eyes thing. It's always messed with me. I'm like, dude, did he like go back in time himself and do something? And the Bandela effect strikes again. <laughs> Wow, Chicken Coop Lady says no, he had blue eyes. And it's like, no, nah, man, because I, I remember in school. I remember it. in school being told he had brown eyes. Yeah. And that's why everyone was like, see, he did he didn't even he have didn't the characteristics fit. of an Aryan. Yeah, exactly. But it was of course, like, you know, I grew up in the 80s when school was basically shit. So who knows? Maybe maybe they got it wrong. Well, the other thing is, too, people are like, well, maybe they're all black and white photos. And I'm like, it's possible. But I mean, history books at the time were teaching that that his eyes were brown and that he said, the you know, the elite race was blonde hair and blue eyes, which he didn't have. Now, all of a sudden, he has blue eyes. So it's really weird. I don't know. OK, so we got one more thing to go over. One more. Um, do we Lindsay, do you want to hit this or do you want to save this? Let's hit it. Why don't we do it on Rise TV? Okay, so we're going to go over to Rise.TV. And over there, we're going to talk about something really interesting, something we haven't talked about before, that actually at some point we're going to have to do a big, <laughs> larger deep dive on this whole thing, the lost colony of Roanoke. So if you're interested in a mind boggler, please come yeah. over to Rise.TV. Hang out with us over there. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do a live Q&A. And then we're going to do a meditation and prayer together. Yeah. <clears throat> and, th and this Roanoke is all about a whole colony of people that mysteriously disappeared. Gonzo. Super weird. So we're going to get into it over on Rise TV, you guys. All right. Well, if you could, please support our work. Come on over. Uh, it's just $9.99 a month. And um, yeah, so much to offer. So many videos of all kinds of things that you'd be interested in especially that which is up there right now for Halloween that we've got going on. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys over there. And thanks so much for being with us, Ben. Thank you for being here today. Lindsay, mm -hmm. thank you. And we'll see you guys over there on Rise.TV. War. Conquest. Death. 
most World War II historians will highlight the politics of the time, but gloss over the truth behind Hitler's quest for power. The blood-spattered trail the Nazis smeared across the globe cannot be forgotten even today. But what if details were lost in the aftermath of the manic effort to create a Third Reich? Or what if they were left out of the history books on purpose? What if the Nazis were searching for something else? Particular artifacts Hitler had researched feverishly in his darkest days. Objects so extraordinary, he believed they held the answer to world domination. Objects that had the power to change the course of history itself. These were the relics of power. Of all the relics the Nazis sought to find, there was one valued above the rest. One that would secure the destiny of their rule and guarantee it for a thousand years to come. One with a history that began in antiquity, the most mysterious of all the relics, the Spear of Destiny. All right, welcome to Rise.TV. That was our uh, Relics of Power trailer. I'm sure most of you guys have seen that, but you should definitely go and check some of that out. One of the things, one of the episodes I've been thinking about a lot is the um, the second episode, 